Okay, so first of all, I would like to apologize for last week's podcast, and with that, we can begin the Memory Lapse, uh, the Magic the Gathering podcast. Hello, I'm Tim. I'm Gingy. And I'm Tyson. There are so many thugs didn't screw, the screw up that time. Yeah, I don't know. Huh? <laughs> I said you didn't screw up that time. We're I good. didn't? I was alright. Well, I think I put too many thugs in there. That's a lot of thugs. What's, what's the definition of the? I believe that was a... <laughs> Something is it happened. the or the? Huh? Is no. it the or the? No, that was literally something that was asked <laughs> in a courtroom. That, never mind. Let's, let's not get let's into not this. Get into that. Let's not get into this. This is like. So, this how about we like talk about a different room? 16 year old business, 20 year old business, something like that. So, so what are we talking about this week then if we're not talking about that? Um, a different room. <laughs> oh, we have the option to talk about that because I'd rather talk about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the hate. Huh? The hate. Breed the hate. Or you hating our topic this week. Well, it's because I have nothing else to say. But at Wait. least if we talked about the dress, we at least have something I can talk about, man. You guys are bad at this. I had a perfect introduction to our topic. So what is it? And you both missed it. Oh. I said breed hate. No, lethality. Because Atroxes breed lethality. No. We're not talking about that, though. I thought we were. No, we're no. talking about the original topic. We Misinformed. Had. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so is, now that our hold on, hold on. now that this our is, misdirection this, of the topic has this ended, is beautiful. Uh, this is and then we go beautiful. into legacy. This is exactly how I felt for quite some time now, and it's finally it's finally <laughs> translating onto camera. <laughs> All of this last minute and a half of just. So Whatever. we're talking about this? This jarbled introduction. About, we're talking about that, yes. Okay, we're, not, we're good. We're not talking about the commander decks right now because he hasn't On played many of them. And I mean, I can We're not still talking about a cum dress we're talking about. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so what are we talking about then, Timmy? Uh, I believe the subject was preparation in order to travel to play Magic, to Pro Tours and PBTQs and such things well, like that. Well, not more, necessarily uh, Pro opens Tours, but bigger, bigger events. Yeah. yeah, your larger events. You know, PBTQs are usually something you day trip with a couple friends. You're usually not more than, like, an hour or two, perhaps, from them. Right. Um, Don't we have one of those coming up? What, a PBTQ? Yeah. Yeah, the 26th here, and this weekend there's one in Altoona. Hmm. Shout <laughs> to Altoona. Huh? So shout outs to Altoona. Yeah, That's shout outs to Hey guys. If you guys yeah. uh, don't have anything to do this Saturday, uh, November 19th, stop in Snake Eyes Gaming on Altoona if you're local. Hmm. Play in their PBTQ. 26th, sure. stop in and play at ours. We haven't actually um, announced what store we do this from. Uh, haven't we? No, we've never I mean, said that in the show. Like, it's never really been a... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we've, heard, we've had the merch. <laughs> We're Nerd Haven in Central Pennsylvania, Lock Haven, PA, to be more specifically. If anybody yeah. cares to, you know, come out and play an event, say hi. If you're not local, I imagine most of you listening to this or watching this are local. Yeah, this is this is how we get most of our <laughs> insights on, you know, what people do in Magic, since we kind of have the events, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, just saying. Um, this, this may so come back later. What we're talking about this time Maybe. is... Possibly. Travel preparations, which if you uh, want to edit that in, just pop up a picture of the card travel preparations. I'm not, I'm not, oh, I'm not editing anything in. Fine. Tyson, you're not prepared well enough. <laughs> you, you need to have the card printed out on like two pieces of paper sideways, like they're that meld shit. Is that oh, what God. Like no, they're I'm meld just making cards. a full art one. But anyhow, yeah. we're talking about travel preparations. Yeah. What you want to make sure that you have things to do while you're at large events. You know, Star City Games opens... Anything along those lines, it could be like 500, 600 people. A multiple it's a very good ordeal. chance you're not going to be playing Legacy doing this anymore. Burn. <laughs> I mean, you could play Burn in Modern. <laughs> Wait, we're not supposed to talk about Modern. <laughs> we're not supposed to do that, Tim. No, that'll be later. We might, we might bring that. We might pretend it's an email. Wait, later. stop. Anyhow, stuff to do for opens, GPs, just 
good practices to have. Yeah. You know, obviously, step one is make sure you have your shit when you leave your house. Yes. You want your deck. You want your change of clothes. You want your deodorant, your toothbrush. If you're staying at a hotel, you probably want to make sure you have some extra sam- uh, shampoo, soap, etc. If you're Tyson overalls. I do wear suspenders to large events like this. Also, Because uh, I do not want to be in the guy's <laughs> band is actually coming up shortly that took all the butt crack selfies. So oh, I don't want to be featured in this if right. it does come around again. There's uh, also a fabric softener. Little fa- fabric softener mm-hmm. sheets. Uh, just in case Would help keep bugs. everything fresh. And also in the case of bed bugs. Um, so you things that you want in your bag either, whenever you go to the event is what your deck box... Play you want to make sure you have your... Oh, from the hotel to the event? Yes, from the okay. hotel. So, we want to premise this on, if you take stuff to trade, yes. don't take a lot to trade the day that you're playing in the event. Yes. Because, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that can happen, but sometimes people steal people's bags, and you don't want to lose all your trade stuff. Um, you want to carry as little as possible when you're playing. Yeah, so, if you're going to, like, say, a legacy event... You want your legacy deck, your playmat, multiple pens, and multiple uh, pieces of paper or things to write on. You usually want to take a life pad and a pen. Yes. And you want to have a couple dice in case you need to. Like, you want dice for high rolling, and if you're using counters, planeswalkers, etc., you want to have dice to keep track of them. And then something to always keep on top of your deck if you have effects in your deck, like uh, Sylvan Library, Aether Vial... Ancestral um, Visions is a yes. good one. Because, like, if it's suspended, you want to remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So any triggers in your upkeeps or anywhere, just remember, just put something on top of your deck. It helps you... Or you nice. can just be good and remember, remember your triggers. Yes. He doesn't. Just have a nice little lucky charm. Those Pokemon... Those old Pokemon life counter jewel things are pretty nice for that, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go to the event... Make sure you have everything packed. Make sure you don't forget your deck. Even if you have your the deck in a specific deck box, always check the deck box before you put it in the bag. Yep. Because, like, maybe you have two matching deck box. Or you're playtesting with the night before and you forget to put boxing? it in there. Boxes. Boxing. Boxing? Boxing. We're not talking Get about... Get your box lotus. <laughs> the boxing nine. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> something else you Lots want to remember for while you're at a large event, especially if you do do well, which if you're going to a large event, you have intentions of doing well, Yeah. Um, make sure you have a couple snacks, some water, things like that, because you will get hungry as the day goes on. Uh, I personally, as well as other more serious players, suggest protein bars, mm. uh, just because it's, it's basically a meal in a snack. And it can be daunting to play an all-day event because yeah. you don't really have a chance to get away sometimes. Yeah, like, especially if you're playing, like, a control deck or a, like, or slower table. mid-range type of deck. Mm-hmm. Nine rounds means that you're going to be there from, like, ten in the morning till seven or eight in the afternoon. And you may not have time to go eat. Mm-hmm. So always carry a snack or be prepared to face the consequences of being hungry, losing focus to that. And alternatively, just paying like $8 for a convention center hot dog. Yeah, we all have that friend that, and this used to be me for quite a while, where it was like every round went to time, round one, like game one, because of the control deck they were playing that didn't really have an aim. Which, yeah, that would have been me, and I would have suffered greatly. (laughs) There's a lot of people that just go to time because they, like, if you are not practiced in a format, You'll find yourself overthinking a lot of things or just not 
being prepared to certain things. Or talking yourself through every step of everything, which we... That is not me. No. That's not no. me. We know we somebody have, that does it. We have another player that does that. He, uh, <laughs> um, sometimes... He's so beautiful and such a talent, but I'm not going to say who it is since we... <laughs> no, he's neither of those things. But anyway. <laughs> Even if you do play at a reasonable pace, because like, I often play control decks and finish in time. Right. Um, sometimes you just run into a really grindy game. Mm-hmm. Um, at my most recent PBTQ, I was playing Jeskai Control in Standard versus Black Green Delirium. And we finished game two in turn five. Mm. Ew. Mm. So, like, we were both very familiar with our decks. We both went on to top eight. Right. We both, like, played well, did well, talked about each other afterwards about some of the mistakes that we feel like the other one made. Right. Um... I always find but, that to be a little obnoxious. Well, it's more obnoxious when well, like, like, we one bo- person tells the other one the mistakes they made. Whenever you're discussing each other's... No, we were both discussing. Less. It's like, so when you had this, why didn't you make this line? When you had this, why didn't you make this line? Yeah. And, you know, if you travel with a group of people, don't be afraid to talk to them about, like, plays that you did that you thought were well, or talk to them about things you did in hindsight. If mm-hmm. you finish early, don't be afraid to watch your friends and provide constructive criticism in between rounds. But like, make sure it's in between rounds, not during the round. Correct, because that gets you a match loss. Mm-hmm. That is uh, outside advice, and you don't want to do that. It's a no. no. Especially at Comp REL. <laughs> um, but just things like that. Like, we both play at a reasonable place. None of our other rounds went to time. Mm-hmm. But the like just that matchup is such a grindy, awkward matchup right. that... We finished two games in turn five, ended 1-1-0, because that's how the game went. I got worms. So, especially if you, like I said, if you plan on <laughs> playing an especially grindy deck, yeah, be prepared to face the consequences of that. Because there are some matches it'll just, yeah. Yep. Like, it, like, it's just, sometimes, it doesn't matter how well you know your deck or how well you know the meta, there are just some th- times that that happens. Um, something of note, since you said about playing grindy decks, mm-hmm. some decks that involve you thinking a lot that you might not be well versed in, maybe like, I don't know. Lantern control. Mom. Lantern control. I mean, like anything that makes you do a lot of math. Like, it doesn't hurt to have headache medication because at these events, there's, what, 900 some people in a room together all day talking. So your average Star City Open has like, 800-ish players. Yeah. Plus, there's other people there playing in side events. You've got vendors. You've got people that just went there to trade, buy, sell cards. Yep. So, so you have... Got, you've got... That are, here with, that are there with their friends. You have the judges in the room. So basically, what you have to contend with with illness is you have body heat, you have light, more than likely, if you're sensitive to light, oh, which I lot. know I am. There's... Talking, lots of talking. So, you know, the volumes escalate until everybody can hear and each other. And then you hear... Judge! Just imagine sitting right next to this you. asshole. It He's happens. always fucking yelling. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you're at a... He's yelling right now and he oh, doesn't I'm even going realize it. <laughs> but, like, if you're at events like this, you're gonna have situations where people are, like, accidentally yelling your ear, like, because I have a judge question. Yeah. Judge is the fully over there. You have to yell over all of these people, mm-hmm. and they have to hear you. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot going on at these inventions, in and conventions. Also, the, the possibility for con flu... So, anti-diarrheal medicine is also a real good idea, so you can make it home. Yeah, I take it on every trip. Yep, just I take, take it on every make trip. Make sure that somebody in your car has medicine on them. Or at least in the car. Yeah. I generally have um, heartburn medication. 
also, headache medicine and anti-diarrheal medicine at all times. Something else that we have a tendency of doing, because everybody knows I play long grindy decks. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. People will specifically yeah. see where I am during a round and ask them if I want anything. So, like, if you're traveling in a group, don't be afraid to touch base with your group in between rounds. If somebody's mm -hmm. playing a really fast deck, you know, especially if it's somebody like you carpool with and know very well, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask them, hey, would you mind going and grabbing this for me? I usually don't have a lot of time in route. Yeah. When I was at Baltimore a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, I wasn't playing in the event. I went to do a bunch of trading and stuff <laughs> like that. Right. So I was one of those people I was talking about that's not in the main event, not one of the vendors, not one of the judges. Right. I'm just a body there that normally isn't accounted for. Okay. Um, and I would go check up on my friends because, you know, one of them was playing... One of them was playing <coughs> Scape Breach... Or uh, Titan Shift is what it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was playing Dredge... And one of them was playing Jun. Okay. So I'd check up on them about 20 minutes into the <laughs> round and be like, hey, do you guys need anything? I don't have anything to do right now. I'm going to go over here. I'm hungry. I want to grab some lunch. And I grabbed the one guy some Subway because it was nearby and I was going out for lunch anyhow. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, having a car of people that you know personally mm -hmm. is actually very beneficial to you. Um, I forget where I was going to go with that. <laughs> No, it was something that you said before that. What, do you think you can come up with it, or do we... Grindy you guys decks? keep talking. Keep okay. talking. Uh, no matter how well you know your deck, sometimes you're playing a grindy deck? No. Well, Just keep talking. I'll figure it out. Let's move on to trading here for a second. Well, Jinji's trying to think of what he's talking about. Right. Whenever you're trading, what to bring with you? Um, so it really depends on what you're trying to get. Right. When I went to Baltimore, I was specifically looking for high-end things. I'm looking yeah. for expeditions, foil, uh, Eternal Master sneak attacks, things along those lines. So what I took with me to trade was Gaia's Cradles, Rishanon Ports, Foil Fetches, like original Onslaught Windswept Heaths. I took high-end stuff because I was looking to get high-end stuff. Right. If you're looking to trade in your middle ground, take middle ground stuff. Because the, the easier you can make a trade, the better it is. And if you're not sure what you really want, take a variety of things of various values. See, this is what I was... What I was trying to get at, though, it's where if you want to make a trade, try to make it as easy as possible. Right. That yeah. way you can get it over and done with. Because how long are the lines for trades in these uh, places? It, it depends. Oh, well, it depends. I I was trading player to player. Right. So it's kind of just you walk around, somebody's sitting there with a binder and a phone. It's like, hey, do you have trade stuff? And then you guys start trading. Right. How long you trade is irrelevant because it's you guys, your time. You're not holding up a line, things like that. If you do get into a line, and this is something I'm going to give you guys as advice if you're trying to, like, I don't know, you go to a Star City Games Open, and you plan on just, like, you have no intentions of keeping any of these cards, and you're going to get rid of them, and you have no intentions of taking them back with you, here's a couple steps for you guys. Have a box. If you have them in a binder, you're going to make... The buy list person actually will potentially make you take them out of the binder, mm -hmm. and then go back to the back of the line and come up when you've got that done. So you don't want to sit there with a binder. Mm -hmm. If you are going to sit there with a binder, don't let it be a bunch of bulkers, commons, and uncommons. Because they'll just flip through it and tell you you don't have anything that they want. Mm -hmm. If you are going with intentions of bulking out, try to have your stuff pre-sorted. Here is all this stuff. I believe it's bulk if you could double check it for me. And these are the things that I think are worth something. I'm curious as to what, you're awful, what you will offer me on these. Mm -hmm. um, I, switched to, I switched a couple things around to Star City just because they had a good sale going on. <laughs> so, like, I had 15 cards that I wanted to trade into them. I had a good idea of what my values were on them, what I was going to get from the buy list, and things like that. 
Um, I did get a little more because I was rather hard on some of the cards' conditions, and they did treat them as near mint when I treat a lot of, like... When I'm looking at my, like, high-end foil stuff... Well, not even high-end foil stuff. Like, mid-range foil stuff. Like, 8th mm -hmm. edition foil chokes, stuff like that. It's... You need a certain market. You have to know certain people who want those things. Mm -hmm. I valued it at LP. They put it at near mint. So, like, I got a little more than I planned on out of something like that. <laughs> but I was in line. I had 15 cards. I knew these are the cards I wanted to trade. I had a good idea of the value I was going to get. And it's like, hey, what do you guys give me on these? Sit down. It's really quick. Mm -hmm. They I gave me the store credit value. I'm like, sweet. Let me get that. I get these things. And I go about my marital way. I took... Five minutes when I got to the table, mm -hmm. but when I was in line, it was like 25 minutes waiting on a guy that had a 5,000 count box that he didn't know what was in it. He's like, nah, see if there's anything in there. And some other dude with a binder full of bulkers, he's like, I want to get rid of all this. If you want to, like, make friends, so to speak, with people doing buy listing stuff, be organized. Mm -hmm. Go, this is bulk commons and uncommons. This is bulk rares. These I'm not sure of what you guys will put them at. Like, the easier it is on them, the easier it is on you. Have sleeves off of stuff, unless it's, like, a perfect fit on something worth more than, like, 40, 50 bucks. Um, and just don't have your bulk rares in a binder. No, Like, that, that is the worst thing you can do to somebody that's dealing with a buy list, is I want to bulk out, here's my 300-page binder full of cards on both sides that have more than two cards. They're, they're here to do sleeve. transactions very fast. So the faster they can do them, the happier they're going to be with you. And especially... Since Tyson said, like, these are the things that I know what they're somewhat worth. Like, this They'll is bulk. actually give you better deals on some of that stuff, too. Yeah. Like, if you are organized with, like, oh, these are here. Like, these are all bulks. I don't care, whatever. You can say what they are, what not. Yeah. But if they're bulks, these aren't. Mm -hmm. Do this. They'll probably give you a better deal on what, they're, what you're trying to get from them. Right. As well. As not just, like... I'm going to make it easier on you. Yeah, which You're may also going to give me better value sometimes. Which may be why the stuff that I pegged at LP, they put as near mint. Because I was very quick. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly <coughs> what I had in my hands. What I had in my hands was not a bunch of junk that I'm unloading on. It's like, this is good stuff. I want to trade you my good stuff for your good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Um, but I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. Um, so if you're going to any of these like GPs or opens, something that... I personally like to do, which I don't know. I think we did with New Jersey when we went to that GP. Mm -hmm. Is get there a day early and just walk around. Familiarize yourself with the event. Like, know where the bathrooms are. Know where you can get snacks. Know where you can get drinks. Yeah, like, we went Friday. Well, we arrived in town on Friday. Um, the event was Saturday. Friday, we basically looked up local places Went down to the convention center, found out what was nearby the convention center, where parking was, etc. And we had a plan. Uh, near the... I don't remember the name of the venue for... The, or no, that was... Boston was the one that had the sweet hospital. But near New Jersey, yeah, this hospital was like absolutely great. It was like a strip mall attached to a hospital. Wow. Um, Anywho. <laughs> but in New Jersey, we knew that they were going to... Like, because they announced that they were going to have road coaches. For anybody that doesn't know what a Roach Coach is, it's a, like, food service truck that's mobile. Yeah. Food truck, yeah. 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 Um, but they announced that they were going to have those, and there were going to be four of them. So, like, we found out where they were affiliated with, what they were going to have, when they were going to be there. We went to the convention center, like, walked around, saw some of the traders, 
did some trading that day. I think some of us finished uh, or picked up things to finish deck lists. I think that's one, one of the reasons that we went a little early was to do stuff like that. But, like, if you can familiarize yourself with it, know where tables are. That's especially a big thing because, like, if you're trying to get to your table fast, so that way you don't get a round loss. <laughs> Game loss, then Game loss. loss. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, but, like, just know what you have going into the round and just focus on that round in itself. Know what you're going to be looking at and all that stuff. Like, for example, whenever we went to Columbus in, like, the first three rounds, say we're sitting on this side of the table, they had these windows open. That the light was coming directly into your face. Right. Later on in the rounds, they're like, oh, we should probably close those. Yeah. But, like, I got at my table late. My opponent's already sitting across the table. I'm like, I hate you. It's <laughs> like I'm sitting here looking at a beam of light coming into my face. I'm just like, well, that sucks. Yeah. But, like, just know what you're, you have to do and just be prepared for it. Um, Aviator shades. I don't <laughs> think you can actually wear this during a match. Um, you can, but aviators generally will show your opponent what your right. hand has. That's okay, tough. so don't use the mirrored sunglasses. This explains so much about how some of my game losses. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I never wore those. Also, <laughs> something that I wish I didn't have to talk about or mention is if you are going to an event and you have a backpack, never, ever let it leave your sight or underneath your... Like, if you're sitting down and you can... I always put mine on my lap because then I can see all the pockets. I can see if anybody's trying to mess with it. If you can't do that, I would say wrap the uh, arm or like where you put your arms in mm-hmm. around your leg and sit it in front of your legs. So at tables like this, they're fairly small. Most of you people probably don't have an idea of how large I am. I'm six foot four. So I'm a very tall individual. My knees are usually close to these tables whenever we're sitting at them at events. So, Ginger said putting his on his lap. I can't do that. What I have to do is I put mine down in between my legs. And like Ginger said, I wrap the strap of my back. I basically take it, make a figure eight, and put my foot through the loop of both sides. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because if they're going to try taking that backpack, they're about to try pulling me with it. And they're not going to be happy when they do. Would you, uh, would you suggest messenger bags? Uh, I do have a messenger bag for mine. Actually, I'm going to go grab mine real quick. Okay. I, I just have a regular backpack that has multiple pockets in it. Right. Um, just the, the harder it is for people to get into it, mm-hmm. I feel like the better it is. Right. Um, I mean, Tyson has a messenger bag, but that's also because he can have it on his side and he can see if anybody's messing with it as he's walking. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're in a group of friends, nobody's going to try to mess with your back. And <laughs> he can't find it. That would be the ultimate in irony. <laughs> if he's like, this is the messenger bag. He already bag. lost it's it. really good for the, and he can't find um, it. Never, ever leave your possessions out of your sight. So, for those of you actually listening, sorry you don't get to see the bag. We'll get back in here. But this is my bag. Your head, is his his, his head cut off? I don't care about that. I just want them to see the bag. (laughs) fine. Like, it's got a buckle plus Velcro straps. Okay. So, it's automatically hard to get into. Yeah. I mean, if you, I hear it. Yeah, I'm going to hear it. You're not going to get too far. Yeah. Okay, that's that's great. Show and tell. That's great. <laughs> Shit. And like I said, whenever I'm sitting, I take it, mm-hmm. fold it, yeah. put my leg through both of those, like my arm is right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Tim's like, I, I don't know why we're talking about this, but that's actually a very good point because 
when we I'm went- I'm the one who brought up the messenger bag thing. Well, I meant, like, about his demonstration of it. Um, so, like, well, whenever- I, I get it, so your shit doesn't get nabbed without- you What, know, we went it. to New York, right? That, I don't know if you went with me. We, whenever we went to New York, we just went there for a day to do vendoring I was and like, Remember, I had, I had to exercise the self-control to not get the French foil counterbalance. That's right, because you were with me, and you talked- No. One of my other friends talked me into getting foil monastery mentors and getting them altered, which I- Because the, the artist was there. Yeah, they, they still look sweet. But anyways, um, somebody that went there, their backpack got stolen. And inside Zed Packback was- Power inside the backpack? I always said inside said backpack, but said it sounded backpack. like was the backpack. Power nine, I think a legacy deck. Ah, uh, and just like he lost like three or four thousand dollars. Right. Well, yeah. if there was power nine, depending on what piece of power yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I do. I do remember there being some pieces of power because I think he was trying to move them. He moved them all right. Yeah. Not how he wanted. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that, that's he a had, heartbreak, by the way. He had intentions of talking to a couple of the vendors about it, but guess what? If you get robbed, you're not talking to any vendors about it anymore. But luckily, at this convention center, there was cameras. They did see who took it, and I do think the guy got his stuff back eventually. Yeah, um, I don't know, honestly. Because I remember there being a lot of posts on the Facebook groups like, Hey... If this guy's trying to sell anything to you, don't buy it. It's stolen. And, like, just things like that. Like, make sure you can differentiate what your stuff is compared to someone else's. Mm -hmm. Like well, it's, it's like I said earlier. Remember I said take as little to you as an event as you need to? If you're playing the event, take your deck you're playing with. Don't take a lot to trade. This guy took a lot to trade. Somebody realized what he had. And lo and behold, somebody took it from him. Now... Should you be held accountable for the actions of shitty people? No. no. But you do need to be aware of them and acknowledge them. And, res like, you don't want to respect them per se, but you want to take the countermeasures that make sense at the time. So, oh. like, he knew he was going to go to, he was trying to sell this stuff to vendors. The thing is, I don't think a lot of vendors carry that much cash to, like, drop on Probably one thing not. like that. So I think what he did is, like, he went around to a couple vendors, pulled it out, and was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to sell this stuff. What can you give me for it? And I think a couple of them were like, well, meet up with me later. I can give you this much money for it. Yeah. Somebody uh, saw just, this happen and just took it. Just be mindful of who's around you at all times because, like, if you are if you go down and sit at a vendor, you're like, I want to get rid of, say, like, since in this guy's case, like, a mock sapphire. And, like, he pulls it out. He shows it to the vendor. The vendor's sitting there looking at it, looking at all sides, so on and so forth. And this guy's standing behind you. He might, you know, see it and be like, oh, sweet, he has that. And, like, not just casually be walking alongside you at all times, waiting for the opportunity to see, like, oh, his, he's not with his bag. Yeah. I want it. As much as, as much as we'd all like to believe that all Magic players are perfectly trustable folk and, you know, aren't going to cheat or aren't going to steal or anything like that, remember, we're playing a game where if you have to register a deck list, there are people who will finish early just so they can walk around and glance at yours while you're writing it down. This is the yeah. kind of shit that we're dealing with here, but much, to a much larger scale. I mean... Because there's to, all facets. There's all kinds. To be fair, 
that's not something that I like. I don't think that's on the same wavelength. It's yeah. not. I, I'm okay with getting a competitive edge by watching other people play. Like if I'm yeah, three and zero in an event, thing, yeah. I'm going to walk around the high tables that I'm going to be playing next round and get an idea of who's playing what. Yeah. What mm-hmm. am I going to be playing in the next couple rounds? Oh, I remember seeing this guy's deck. He's playing this deck. I want to mulligan to these things and have an edge. Yeah. Something that I don't like of note about you know saying the getting the competitive edge is like if you're at a store city covered event and you get done really fast and say you're not on camera at all, mm-hmm. you can get on their stream and be like, oh, they're sideboarding. What are their sideboards? Because you might be playing those guys. You're like, well, this guy doesn't have hate against me. I'm not going to worry about bringing stuff in against them. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that goes along in different lines, but always make sure you can see your stuff. And like, if you have a popular bag, like, I don't know, maybe like a Nike bag or something. Like, I, when I was a kid, it was Jordash. Everybody had Jordash. But my point being, it, when I was a kid in like the 1800s, so there's probably okay. like so maybe like have a little charm on your bag that differentiates it. Oh, this one's mine. It has mm-hmm. this on it. Mm-hmm. So like that way you can see it, or like if you ever let go of it. Yeah. Which I try not to at events no. like this. No, it's funny because um, I remember Ginger hating on my deck whenever I was letting him borrow it. Because a bunch of my cards are French. Yeah. You know what makes a deck really uniquely identifiable? When Being the only mm-hmm. fucking person in the world that plays with French cards. The only right, person maybe not in the, the world, world, but in... Pretty sure there's a lot of French people that play with French cards, but... <laughs> Alright, not the only person in the world. I exaggerated a very, very large amount. I think there's a lot of French people that might be like, what? <laughs> but French cards are something that, especially since I have friends that are other store owners and stuff and some of them vend at these things mm-hmm. and you know i know a handful of the people that do the buy listing and stuff like that they know that i like french stuff so sometimes i'll be like hey yo i got this if you want it like especially so, ooh, like he likes french and i like a lot of russian stuff well if <laughs> you want to try to find a missing deck it's kind of going to be hard to find an english one like, they can just be like, oh, I'm going to part some of this out to here, to here, to here. And be like, hey, did you get anything on this list in Russian recently? In, like, the exact... My identifier is my stuff. sleeves are generally fucking filthy. <laughs> Which, admittingly, is something that we do need to talk about. Because if you're going to an event like this, buy new sleeves and always have extra. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if your sleeves are disgusting and dirty and, like, like their corners are crimped and stuff... You can be easily like, oh, he has marked cards. Well, it's usually the bottom side that's marked, not the top side, so it's okay. But point I would being, say marked, I would, I would but I'd still, say disgusting. I would still get sleeves <laughs> yeah. at, either at the start It, it doesn't matter. By the, the end of that before. day, they're still going to be gross and crusty. <laughs> I, have very, I have very sweat. I have big sweat problems. So do I. His or which which is mine. Which is why every time I go to an event, the night before, I re-sleeve the deck. All right, press out the air. This mm-hmm. motherfucker right here, acidic sweat. Like, I'm surprised he doesn't melt sleeves as he plays. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and Gingy's exasperated already. Well, along with, you know, the decks and stuff, play test it a lot, as much as you can. And then, if you have people that are better than you, like whenever we went to New Jersey, I didn't play Legacy that much. And I was playing a deck that... I did not know that much about. Nope. Um, but anyways... I remember this. Mainly because Dak Faden just, like, came out two weeks ahead of time. 
And I was actually playing him in this deck. But, so like, I sat down the night before, I think it was, or like a few nights before, and I actually wrote down sideboard notes for it. Mm-hmm. Against like popular decks in the format. Right. Like, what to bring in, what to take out, what's this, and why I'm like, just like all this stuff. Because like, I, I was new to the, well, fairly new to the format at the time, and I was playing a deck that nobody would have ever saw somebody playing. So like, I didn't know what I was sideboarding, right. and I wanted to be as good as I could, so I'm like, okay, person that built the deck, and better people I'm with, tell me what I'm doing, and what matchups and why. Mm. And like, I would write them down. Admittingly, you can't look at them during the games, but you can look at them in between games, right. as you're sideboarding. Sure. 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 So, we went over making sure you have everything you need when you leave. Mm-hmm. You have your clothes. You have your deck. You have your trades if you're taking any. Yep. You got your pen, your pencil, your deodorant, your other various sundries. <laughs> right. Any, you know, prescribed medicine if you have it. Yeah. Which, make sure you don't forget that. That's really important. And always, always bring extra. Because mm-hmm. generally people bring, like, the, the, the daily things. Mm-hmm. Always bring extra of that, because, you know, whenever I go traveling with my dad, he has a tendency to drop his pills sometimes, so, you know, whenever it's a daily thing and you can't go without, bring extra. Don't be afraid to carry Tylenol. Something that we didn't actually go over with transactions as much. Hmm? If you're trading stuff in, that's fine. Hmm? Um, Most vendors actually won't accept credit card, so you'll find people walking around Really? They That's can't? changed a lot more recently. Okay. Now that there's square readers, it's changed a lot. Right. Okay, so you that, just have an iPad and boom. Then yeah. I would, Three years ago, when you know you were in New Jersey yeah. and stuff, Square was like just becoming a thing, I think, yeah. or only a few people had it. Nobody really you know adopted it yet. Now but it's nowadays it's place, yeah, yeah, nowadays it's really common. Well, you still might see people with a large amount of cash in their wallets. Yeah. Which, I mean, that goes along with... Which the, we like to call marks. No, wait, that's not right. No, that's no. the other... <laughs> no, more often than not, if somebody has a large sum of cash, it's because they paid for the hotel and everybody else had to pay them. That. <laughs> um, so anyways, you were going over what we already went over and um, everything. Yeah, double-checking, make sure you have your sundries, your Tylenol. If you have a prescription medication, make sure you have extra just in case. Um, while you're at the event, make sure you have your life pad, your... Handful of dice for keeping track of tokens, rolling at the start of a game, pen to take notes. And the reason that we're saying life pad is because you don't want to use a D or a spin down at these events because they get bumped very easily because there's there's like, like, six people sitting at a table and you have like twenty tables in a line. Yeah, yeah it's like, like casual, it's fine because then you're just playing, it's whatever. But you have to keep accurate life totals. Because yeah. that that's where because competitive REL is where shit gets real. Well the other thing is Let's say I have a pen and paper, and you know, especially since you know more competitive formats are generally like modern legacy. People are doing fetches and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you have to call a judge for a discrepancy of life totals, and I've got like minus one for this fetch, game one for this, minus three for this, minus two for this, minus two for this, it's really easy to keep a log of what it is and discuss it with your opponent and be like, all right, so you did this, then we did this, 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 and this, and then they can be like, oh, I forgot that I took this this turn. And then you can correct the life totals. Now, bear in mind, you're not actually really taking notes. I mean, it's just intuitive where one life's lost here and so much is like... Yeah. You're not, like, actually sitting there, like, making your opponent wait for every life change and being like... No, it's like... Can I have a notary on this one here? I was like, 19... 20 to 19, 19 to 16, 16 to 14. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Stuff like that. And you can be like, well, where'd this two come from? Oh, you thought seized me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you have the scenarios where, oh, you have a spin down. I'm not going to believe anything you say because that could have got bumped very easily. Yeah. Like, whoever's writing notes has the more, well, not writing notes, but writing them down has the more accurate. They have a solid track. Mm -hmm. Like, I've talked to a handful of other judges about this. If a judge gets called over for a life discrepancy and you have two spin downs represent, like, your opponent has two spin downs and you have a notepad where it's like 20 to 19, 19 to 17, 17 to 14, whatever the life totals are, and like you have a clear distinction of like what's up, what's down, what each thing is, they're probably going to side with you. Mm-hmm. As long as there's not like some massive swing of like 14 to 0, and it's like, all right, what did 14 damage here? Yeah, then they'll figure out what did it in someone. But, like, just write stuff down. Yeah. If you're at, especially in Comp RL. Including, like if, including if public knowledge is revealed with Thoughtseize, for example. Right. So, like, yeah, if, if you, you jot that them, down real quick. Jot down their head. So, let's go over a handful of play notes and, you know, some things to take into consideration for that. <laughs> so, whoever wins the die roll actually determines if they're keeping their opening hand before, Perfect. you know, the other person. So. <coughs> Well, <coughs> what who, some, whoever is on the, the play going first gets to choose first. Yeah, because yeah, you don't over. always win the die roll and go first. Sometimes, I mean, very, very few. If you're situations. in a control mirror, you want to go second most of the time. But so, like, anywho, well, first, um, let's say yeah. I win the die roll, and right now my opponent wins the die roll. What some people will do is they'll lay down their seven. And they won't even look at them until their opponent decides if they're going to mulligan or not. Because some people just have a really bad poker face. If this hand is like no lands or seven lands, usually I'm pretty good with it. But there are people I know, like if they just pick up their opening hand and see no lands, they'll just like put it back down and start to shuffle before their opponent even decided they Um, want to mulligan. No matter what, always look, sit there and look to think at it or just pretend to think about it. Like the less information that you can give your opponent, the better it is. Right. I mean, that's... If you're bad at, you know, hiding information, use whatever your tell is as benefit for you. Like, if you have a really bad hand, sit there and act like you have a really good hand. And then you're going to be like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm afraid of everything. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here on defense. And maybe you can draw out of it. Or, like, if you have a really good hand, be like, mm, I don't like that. Don't, don't do that. And just sit there and, like, pretend to bait them into bad attacks and stuff. I mean, mainly that's not... Great sportsmanship, but it's part of the game. Yeah. It happens. Bluffing's part of this game. Yeah. Yeah. So, something I and other more competitive players will do, if your opponent gets to see your hand, instead of keeping everything normal up, flip it upside down. Also works. Now, I know what they've seen. I draw my card for turn, my card for turn goes into my hand right side up. Mm. I mean, immediately then they can keep track of what cards in your hand. Like, if you're in an eternal format, brainstorm, so on and so forth. Like, they can see, obviously, what cards you put back. You brainstorm, you flip everything back up, shuffle around. Guess that works. Fair enough. So what I, what I want to know is, is that is that all it is for whenever you uh, go turn order for mulligans and stuff like that? Just, like, uphold the poker face, essentially? Or is there other... Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Um, always, well, I would say never just draw cards directly in your hand whenever you're starting a game. Always count them out first. Because if you draw one more card, I think that's, what, an instant mulligan? 
Skittles. So, <laughs> if I'm out of six, right, and I lay seven cards down in front of me, yeah. I pick up three, look at them, and then realize that there's four more in front of me, Yeah. I can call a judge over and be like, Judge, I'm supposed to mulligan to six. I have three cards in my opening hand. I have not looked at these four yet. What is the fix? The fix is the judge will randomly take one of these cards, because you have not looked at them, put it on top of your deck. Mm-hmm. Now you have a hand of six, and you've mulliganed properly. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you accidentally draw the seven, you're like, uh, Judge, <laughs> I'm supposed to mulligan to six. So what's the fix? All right, so now you have two fixes. Yeah. Um, you have the choice. Either you let your opponent see your hand, and they remove a card from it, mm-hmm. or you take a forced mulligan to five. Mm. Which neither of them are good for you. No. I mean, unless you got a handful of threats and they're just like, oh, oh God. Now, oh, we Jesus. were talking about this on the <laughs> way back because I went to a judge conference this weekend. Yeah. And uh, we were conversing about this on the way back. On if I'm playing Storm and Legacy, do I want my opponent to know what my hand is? And it's like, honestly, sometimes there's Storm hands where you just don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's you'll like, just here, let... look at this and how are you going to stop this? Yeah, it's like, okay, pick one. And then that card gets shuffled in. Yeah, that card gets shuffled into okay. the deck. And then you scry one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, especially, like, if you're doing, like, Sylvan Library and stuff, count cards out first before you draw anything. Like, I've watched so many people, like, lose games because they drew too many cards or something. Well, it's not a game loss anymore. Any- okay. Then that changed. Yeah, drawing extra cards is not a game loss. It has not been for a pretty significant amount of time at this point. Um, nowadays, if I were to Sylvan Library and I pick up four, what happens is I reveal my hand to my opponent, my opponent just takes a card and puts it on top, and then it gets randomized. Speaking of your opponent a lot, um, if you're playing with something that has, like, at the beginning of your upkeep triggers... Like, say, Dark Confidant. Well, mm-hmm. that's how you draw separate. Or no, upkeep. Confidant's upkeep. Um, but, like, anything like that, if you miss it and you call Judge, your opponent gets the choice whether or not that trigger in specific goes on the stack. <laughs> um, so, if you miss a non-detrimental trigger, because Dark Confidant is a non-detrimental trigger, um, you call Judge and basically, Judge, I missed my trigger. What do we do? The Judge is probably going to ask your opponent... Would you like your opponent to have this trigger go onto the stack at the... Basically, it goes on at the bottom of the stack. Mm-hmm. So if anything else is on the stack when everything else resolves, that will happen. Yes. Um, but but that is for non-detrimental triggers. Say you're at a tournament and you're a nice guy that just generally plays FNMs. You don't go to many of these. Don't try to be a nice guy because you're there competitively. Just be like... I don't want you to have that trigger. Or just be like, no, I choose not to put that on the stack. Like, you're going to feel bad about it, but... I mean, <laughs> not going to feel bad about it, but... There's three kinds of people. <laughs> Are they all here? <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, whenever I was... The guy who's going to say yes, the guy who's going to say no and feel bad, and the guy that's going to go, what's your life that? <laughs> I actually did that. Like, well, I was at... um. I was I was at Tales of Adventure and I was playing in Legacy. My at the end of the day, it's only a game, folks. Come on. My anyway. the first game I let him get his, casual. <laughs> the first game I let him get his trigger. Then the second game he did something to me that wasn't I forget what it was specifically, but like it wasn't something that 
Like, if I was in his seat, I would have let it happen. Or, like, I would have done it mm-hmm. how I thought. And then the third game, I'm like, nope, you don't get the trigger. Nope. Yeah, like, nope. I, I kind of see that where it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine, that's cool. And then they're like, yeah, well, okay, well, I'm going to be a dick now. And you're just like, you know what, fuck you, I'm done. Don't be in like that, that's what that's honestly how I was about. Yeah, it. Like, like, I'm forget like, forget it. Like you got your chance to be like a common decent human being. And then at the end of the round, me. he's like, "Would you like to concede to me?" I'm like, "Uh, no, I beat you. <laughs> like I, I don't care if I don't have a chance for top eight. I beat you. I'm not gonna concede." Yeah. This is what you get. <laughs> that's another thing. Whenever well, people are like rushy, rushy, cutthroat players, like, can you, come on, hurry up. You don't have, it's like, fuck you. I came here to play magic. Like, can we play magic, please? Well, like, it wasn't even that he was hurrying me up. It's like, I beat him. I still kind of had a chance for top eight. Yeah. But if he won it, he was guaranteed top eight. I'm like, I'm going to take the chance. Yeah. Because, like, I'd rather get the prizes than you at that point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tyson, go to your story about Columbus. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the one where you didn't make it day two. Because the guy wanted to concede you? <laughs> or, no, that you wasn't it. so wounded right there! I'm trying to remember... Why am I didn't make it a date? How dare you, sir? No, I'm trying to remember what we're talking about. No, you you had the guy okay, no. dead, on bur- dead on board. Yeah, okay. You remember now. I remember now. So, Columbus, we were playing standard. I'm like... 2-1... I'm like 2-1 or 3-1 at this point in time. Playing some janky Grixis brew. That one's really janky. (laughs) And I'm turn 5, and I go through enough motions where I mill out my opponent's entire deck. Mm -hmm. Like 30-card deck. Mill out the entire thing with my Sphinx's tutelage. And I go, would you like to concede? Like, if there was another turn, he can't draw for a turn, I win the game. He goes, nah. The draw helps me more. Neither of you make it day two. Don't draw. <laughs> yeah, like, neither of us makes it to day two at this point. Because, like, if we lose one more round, we're basically out of day two contention. And, like, I get super tilted because now I know I'm in the control mirror bracket. Yeah. And then he just gets crushed by his next three opponents. Yeah. He's like, done. Hmm. And then I, th- I think I remember, like, crushing him in, like, side events for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best part was, like, I shifted decks afterwards because I yeah, was, like, we super switched, tilty. we switched decks. And when I played him, it was actually the red-green rent mirror, and I just, like, obliterated the dude. <laughs> it was karma. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, if you don't have chance to do stuff like that, it's fine, like... You don't have any obligations to be nice about stuff like that. Right. But at, but the, at the point where you're dead, just yeah. die. <laughs> uh, something of note, because you said, would you like to concede? Yeah. At that point in moment, never, ever offer them, like, a bribe. Like, oh, I'll get you a pack if you concede. Or yeah, no. don't, don't do that. And most importantly, don't, ex- don't accept that shit. <laughs> if, if somebody would ask me, I'd be like, Judge, yeah, hi. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Disqualified do from the event. Yeah. <laughs> and oh also, my God. also, I find this important because this is something to do with me very closely. Concession is not only at sorcery speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even actually, according to the rules, you can concede at any time. So, so like, if you're something of note with conceding at any time, right? If you are. I don't know. I don't know what deck you'd do this on. But, like, you mulligan down to four or whatever. 
mm-hmm. in like whatever format. I guess not standard, but like they go to Thoughtseize you, mm-hmm. and you know you have absolutely no way of winning after that Thoughtseize. Just be like, concede. Don't even show them your hand. Yeah. Like don't give them like, that information for the next game. Well, that's something else about um, being on the flip side of that. If your opponent does mulligan to four and they like you have a pretty significant advantage, like I don't know, let's say this was a couple standards ago when Siege Rhino was in standard. Ew. And your opponent is like on the mold of four and they play like two lands and nothing else. Just play your Siege Rhino and don't play another card. Don't yep. give them any more information about your deck. Yep. Just play the Siege Rhino and clock them out in four turns. Yep. Just try Man, to hold I wish what you were about. talking about, right? Well, it's still relevant. Is it relevant modern? Is Siege Rhino still? Uh, he's not as big as he once was. Like, Tim. every now and then he gets played in, like, weird Abzan aggro mid-range lists. I know you're going to love this a lot because it's against Siege Rhino. Yeah. Um, I was on... I like, I like Siege Rhino when he I was, was on the draw in a side event whenever I was playing his Derpy Grixis thing. Yeah. Um... I was playing against Abzan midrange in standard. Yeah. I was on turn three, infinite obliteration them. Yeah. Name Seed Rhino. Took two of them from his hand and then two from his deck. Right. I saw the rest of his hand. The next turn, I flashed back my infinite obliteration, named Wingmate Rock, took one from his hand oh. and another one from his deck. Oh, Lord. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but feel so good about that. When was this? Was this just Cons It was in Columbus. Oh, wait, Infinite Obliteration hat was with Origins, so there was still, like... Yeah. There was still stuff there. There was, uh... Oh, shit. What kind of garbage were we playing in those decks then? Four Color Rally. Oh, yeah. my God! High Spire Mantis. What was, uh... Mantis no, Rider. Mantis Rider, that's it. Because I was just thinking of High Spire Mantis. Like, that's the wrong colors. Yeah, because we had, a. Dark Jeskai and Abzan Blue and Hot Rhinos were what they were calling the decks. Yeah, I don't know. I was just playing that. Oh, shit we figured out what the new four color generals are called now. No, Hot Rhinos. No, <laughs> get them while they're hot. Anywho, that's you have a um. That's that's Saskia, s- isn't it? Yeah, it would be Saskia. Saskia. Yeah, just picked up that general. Hot Rhinos. Over. Yeah, I really like um, it. Surprisingly, because it's the not blue one. You want to tell us what not to do if you get DQ'd from an event, Tyson? Um, don't throw <laughs> a pepper tantrum. So, <laughs> I, I, there's a reason that Ginger keeps looking at me, for those of you who can't see this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been DQ'd, but I have put a fair number of people on tilt. Yeah. Oh, God, that was funny. <laughs> um... So this was at GPNJ where the Brainstorm mat was. And I'm playing Miracles, and I'm playing a oh God. blue-red Delver player. In, yeah. like, round four, mind you. Yeah. So this was already... So this was a while through the tournament. Mm-hmm. He's playing with white sleeves. Hyper, we draw... Well, not hypermats. No, they were not hypermats. I think they, they were, were white ultra bows. Yeah, so if we draw our opening hands, and we determine our mulligans, and I look over, and I see... Through the top sleeve of his deck. And I look him dead in the face. I'm like, are you playing Delver of Secrets in your deck? He's like, I don't have to disclose that information to you. I'm like, you're right, but I can see it. Judge. Raise my hand, call Judge. Judge comes over. What seems to be the problem? Uh, The top card of my opponent's library is a Delver of Secrets. I can see through his sleeves. Right. What the fuck, man? I'm here to play Magic, not do this bullshit. I'm like, I'm sorry, you have marked cards. Like, I get in trouble if I don't call that. I get an unfair advantage by knowing the top card of your deck, what cards are in your hand, etc. Yeah. So, like, the judge explains to me he's going to have to buy new sleeves. He's like, I'm not buying new sleeves. I already got these sleeves. 
Packs up his stuff, walks away, and just like is throwing a fit. Walks by again after I'm talking to the judge. He's like, You're lucky I don't slap the shit out of you right now. I look at him like, Please. <laughs> like, I look at him and I put my hands out he, exactly like I am right now is, on the camera. This guy's not even that, I, that big of a guy. Yeah, he's like, He's, he's a little like bit bigger than me. weight. Yeah, he's a little bit And like five me. inches shorter. And like, See, I'm just looking at this guy. I'm like, Please. Hey, and he just how, walks by again. This is how A, check cards, or two, checking your sleeves with the judge. Will have you avoid having false hubris? Yeah. Well, okay, like, like he said, he's gonna sue Ultra Pro and all this other stuff and make all this money because he lost this event because of it. Oh my god. Well, like the only spot that I have of the story is because, like, in that round, there was um, a handicapped person sitting where my table was, mm-hmm. and they had the like they went with the judges like this is where I'm supposed to be sitting yeah. and like I called judge I was like so where are me and my opponent gonna play we yeah. got pulled off to a side table yeah they have fixed seating because the kid had like a broken leg or something Tyson walks over to me I was like that was fast he's like yeah because I'm playing yeah. miracles by the way yeah and I'm done like eight minutes into the round he's yeah, like this is wrong <laughs> he's like he's like yeah and then like five minutes later I see the guy come storming through and I'm like what happened? <laughs> and like he starts talking to an L4 judge, and I see this L4 judge, and I start talking to him. He's from France, so he and I talk in French for a couple minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about like French cards and how it's impossible to find them over here. And he asked me if I'm going to one of the GPs up in Canada and all this other stuff. It like it was just a funny scenario because like I'm sitting over here playing against my opponent. I have a judge sitting beside me because he has nothing better to do, so he's going to watch the only one that he can sit beside. Yeah. And, like, I had a judge, like, standing over here or something. Tyson's walking over. I was like, what? And, like, he had a smile on his face. I'm like, what did you do? It's ruined I was laughing day. at this. Like, I did not have intentions of ruining this guy's day. I knew he was going to get a game loss because he has marked cards in his deck. Yep. I knew he'd have to get new sleeves or replace them or get checklist cards. And instead of doing that, getting the time extension, playing through our round, he just went on this giant temper tantrum. Yeah. So that's one of the things not to do. Not call yeah. your opponent for having marked cards. Don't have a temper tantrum. Something. Like, well, you should still do that. But <laughs> I mean, you're still yeah, you're like still call your upset. opponent on marked cards. Right. Yeah. Like you don't want to get in trouble yeah. for knowing what your opponent has. Yeah. It um, also gives you an unfair advantage leverage because, like, I knew he was going to draw a Delver. I knew exactly what his deck was now. Well, something of note, um, like. Keep in the mindset that this is competitive. You can be cutthroat, but we're all there because we enjoy the game. Stay, like, <coughs> if you're mad, be mad at that round, not the next round. Yeah. Like, just go into the next round and be like, I can win this. I can do what needs to be done to potentially get day two. If you can't, then, I mean, you can keep playing or you can just scrub out and just go side events. Yep. Um, I think it was, like, round four, five, no, it wasn't four. It was the round after that one, so it must have been five. I played against this guy. He went into this event playing Cheerios. Uh, Tyson's just going to start laughing at this, but... I know Cheerios. (laughs) Do you know what Cheerios is? Uh, We've talked about it a couple of times. All zero drops with Glimpse of Nature, so it draws its deck. Right. And it kills you with what? Grape Shot? I think Uh, it is. There's a couple win cons. There's Grape Shot. There's Beastmaster Ascension. Those are it. But you know how Durley's deck sounds, right? Yeah. Well, I think he beat me in round or game one because I, I was like, what? 
Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> um, round, game two, he just goes off. He goes to grave shot me. He's like, you have the Fluster Storm, don't you? I'm like, yep. He's like, all right, game three. <laughs> game three, he's like, I, I play, He he's on the play. He's plays the land or whatever, does something. And then I play like a Vulk or something. Pass turn. He's like, he starts going off. He's like, yeah, the Fluster Storm, don't you? I'm like, yep. He's like, all right, you got me. <laughs> he started laughing. It was like, all right, you got me. Like, that's like whatever that's what you, you expect with a deck like that. Yeah, yeah whatever like, you wow, play something like that I'm or dead. install spells or something, it's just like, okay, fair enough. I don't get to have my fun today. Like, <laughs> you just look at your opponent, it's like, do you got it? Do you got the thing that's going to stop well, like, this? I, do you have that one card that wins I, the game against me? I, Except for fucking Tyson when he plays Storm, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry, I can kill you through the first Force of Will and one Fluster Storm. Well, like, I, I uh. Fluster Stormed him and I was like, do you want to see what the rest of my hand is? And I showed him, it was like, Force, Force, another Flusterstorm was like, he's like, yeah, there was no way I was winning that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But just be a good sport. Like, yeah. If you're going to these events, always take necessary precautions with your stuff. Like, so, just, I, I, I feel just, like we're approaching the hour mark. So, like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, let's we, go over the recap of what we want to do. Yeah. Make sure you have your sundries. Your clothes, be your deck. Be prepared. We've, we've, we've discussed this to death. In fact, we've gone through this summary of being prepared like four times. So mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just go ahead and wrap that up with saying be prepared. And then what else? Be a good sport about it. Okay. Like, we're all here to play the game. Right. Keep your trades low unless you're actively trading and it's going to be with you the entire time. Okay. Um, make sure you have money for food. Keep in touch with the people that you're traveling with. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid to be like, hey, do we all want to do something... Like, there's 30 minutes left in the round. Do we want to do lunch? Well, I've got 45 minutes left in the round because my opponent didn't show up. Does anybody want me to grab them something to eat? Uh, Don't be afraid to be nice to the people that you're with. Something of note to touch base with people. Since I'm short, nobody's ever going to find me in a crowd of Tysons. (laughs) Well, actually, like, medium Tysons. Yeah, so you're, like, six foot something. Um, But always, like, if you're in a tournament, always look to where your your car is. Mm -hmm. And, like, if your phone dies... Set up a meeting place at the end of rounds. Yeah, like more often like than not, what we do whenever we travel to large events is it's like in between rounds we're going to be at booth X that one of our friends runs. You know, Tales of Adventure, Hot Sauce Games, because like you know the guys at Hot Sauce know Cal, we know Cal, so like usually wherever they're shooting the shit with him if he's around. Um, like usually there's a predetermined like vendor that we go to and hang out at in between rounds. Actually, a sturdy mm-hmm. cell phone recharge pack wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, maybe well, not battery. that those are more po- popular. Yes. Yeah. Those things would be nice. Um, along the lines of being prepared, we didn't talk about this. The little silica gel packets would be nice to keep in like more expensive decks because it'll stop foils from warping yes. and keep humidity um, out. And then maybe like an umbrella because if you're if you have to park far enough away from the convention center and you need to walk and it rains and your deck gets ruined, well... See, usually I just put my messenger bag against my chest and just, like, huddle over it. Yeah, because you're a big messenger boy. Messenger bag, Joe. Good idea. Anyways, we have all the stuff that we need. Oh, make sure you book a, a hotel. Like, you and again, probably wouldn't believe the amount of people that... For, like, one person's supposed to book it, and they forget to, and it's like, oh, um, where are we staying? A car. And again, you're going to be around at opens, roughly a thousand people. At GPs, usually a couple thousand people. Please, 
Smell decent. For yourself and those around you, make sure you have your deodorant. Like, there's a handful of jokes and, like, Magic players and competitive card game players actually have gotten a bad rap for, like, just not having good hygiene at some of these events because, like, they just don't get deodorant or something. They're like, well, I had to spend my money on the hotel. So you didn't have deodorant before you got the hotel? Like, your deck's $1,000. Sell a fucking card, downgrade, and buy a damn stick of deodorant. Okay, so with that note, I think we're going to end on that. Tim, we're looking at you. <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> Bullshit! Yeah. I have been. I had to resort to wearing my girlfriend's women's flowery deodorant. To the make sure look I was on fresh. your face when I said that was that is priceless. fucking offensive. <laughs> I smell like a goddamn rose, almost quite literally, because I think that is the scent my girlfriend uses. And with that, I am Tim. I thank you for watching or listening or whichever you do. I think Tyson has thank a you. point. <laughs> I did have one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, did you? Shit. Yeah. All right. Um, for these formats, do make sure that you're practiced. Players expect you to know what your cards do. Judges will expect you to know what your cards do. Yeah. You should expect Speaking you to know what your cards do. Speaking of if you know do. what your cards do, if you have questions about Oracle text, do not be afraid to ask, especially if they're playing foreign cards. Yes. Do not be afraid to raise your hand, call judge, and be like, does this do this when this happens? Or just be like... And if you make a mistake, don't be afraid to call judge. The judges, and this is something that, like, the judge community people have, like, this stigma about judges. Judges are not there to penalize you. Judges are there to make sure everybody is playing the game fairly and to keep the game moving and to keep everything balanced. Mm -hmm. Judges don't want to give you game losses and stuff like that. We want people to play the game, and we are taking a day off of playing the game, the game to make sure other people can play the game the way it's supposed to be played. If you make a mistake and are like, oh, I looked at an extra card, hold on, judge, they're going to help you fix that in the fairest manner possible. If you do it a bunch of times, you might get a game loss because it's like, look, you've done this 18 times today. It looks a little suspicious now. Um, and, like, if you feel like the judge is being unfair, you can always try to overrule it by... Do not be afraid to. to appeal. Be like, I would like to appeal to the head judge. Which is generally L4, L5. Uh, three. Three? Oh, Judge they, they, only did got three now. they did change it. Never mind. Um, but I'm it's bad. generally a very experienced L3 that is head judging one of these events. Yeah. Or, you know, it will be appealed to that judge's team lead, and team leads are usually experienced L2s or L3s. And then at that point, you can generally tell who the head judge is because at Star, Star City events... They wear a red shirt. Yeah, and then normal judges wear blue shirts. Correct. But yeah. Wait, hear out the ruling, and if you feel like it's wrong, you've heard otherwise, you disagree, be like, I would like to appeal. Because, like, sometimes judges aren't 100% sure, honestly. They give the best ruling that they know how to. Mm-hmm. Think about it now. All right. Okay. We're now we can sign off. Okay. Now you can okay. be upset. Well, I already, I already, it's all, it's gone. You, Bye. Sm you stink. <laughs> well, See ya. He looks that so was, indignant. That wasn't even genuine. I don't. I can't believe it. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs> no. Still not gonna. Gingy. Shut up. It's over. It's over. You're breaking up with me now. Yes. Oh.